Let's go! Crank it! Crank it! Let it cross! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. In honor of KU last night, we are going to be silent for the first 13 minutes of the show. <laughs> and then we're going to f- cram everything into the final five minutes of the segment. Go crazy. Yes. Go <laughs> crazy. Talk, talk really, really fast. Like, blah, 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 okay, I can't believe Kevin McCuller. Oh, my gosh. What a shot. Like, Jalen Wilson. Holy cow. Kansas won. <laughs> uh, yeah. What a comeback by Kansas. Before we get into that, the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for the wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back to up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Um, I think yesterday for our game picks, we both picked Oklahoma plus 10.5 and, and both picked the over. Uh, yep. yep. So 2-0 there. Well, yeah. No, ignore, we ignore the player props that we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't remember even. No. Uh, I said Jalen to get half, 20. Didn't how happen. How many points did KU have in the first half? Oh, that's a good point. They had 36. Oh, so my first half over 34 and a half. Okay, so you hit. Bang. I had Grady over 14 and a half. That didn't hit. Bad. I did have some KJ Adams and Dewan Harris ones. Like Dewan over 7.5. I said I liked that. That hit. Um. I liked KJ to score 10 or more points. What my other one was. But yeah, overall, not a great day with with props. I didn't get, you know, completely destroyed, but not a great day either. Uh, How about this one with the NFL bets that we're talking about here for for DraftKings? They have this no sweat bet that you can do for for Saturday. And uh, it's a a max up to like $10. So here's here's what I put LA Chargers plus seven and a half. It's the same game parlay. Trevor Lawrence over 199 and a half passing yards. Okay. Justin Herbert over 229 and a half passing yards. Okay. Justin Herbert seven or more rushing yards. Okay. Pays off plus 185. Did that with the no sweat bet. Good hit. See if it hits. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code KLWN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code KLWN. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 and older. Physically present in Kansas. Bonus issued is free bets. One free bet issued based on amount of initial losing NFL bet up to $10. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and resort. Kansas takes down Oklahoma 79 to 75. Wild game. Yes, absolutely wild game. Uh they start the game out and you know, it, it felt like Kansas yeah, yeah, and it felt like they got into a bit of a rhythm at the end of the first half and then yeah. they give up like a, a last second mid-range shot from uh Oklahoma. Sherfield. Yeah, Grant Sherfield who had a great game. He scored 25 points. And it's yeah. like, okay, it's kind of a close game, but I I don't think you felt like uncomfortable at all at halftime. No. No. And even in the second half when Oklahoma's like kind of playing within you, you're like, all right, they're they're gonna hit a run. They're gonna, you know, find something. Yeah. And then they couldn't make anything. I mean They couldn't hit the ocean. No, about thirteen minutes. They couldn't hit air. 
without a shot. To which it was so frustrating because just like just make make a shot, make a layup. It went nine yeah. of thirty on layups. Bad. I I thought when I watched KU not make a shot for over nine minutes to end the first half <laughs> at Oklahoma State last year, I would not see that again for a long time. And I saw it last night. Here we are, and it yep. was four. It was almost. It was like 150 percent of that. <laughs> and they won. I don't know how. They still won. What do you say? Best part what? about winning ugly? Oh, yeah. The best part of winning ugly? Winning! <laughs> winning! Got that done. And I think that's especially true in uh, Big 12 play. Like, in oh, college yeah. football, if if you're the number one team in the country, it's not just about winning ugly. You you got to, you know. <laughs> but in, like, college basketball, well, you're in the Big 12. Like, just It's just like I said yesterday with after the game against West Virginia. That West Virginia game? You're not going to have very many games no. like that rest conference play. You're going to have a lot more games like this one yes. where you have to really, where it's kind of back and forth and you have to battle for it. Yeah. I mean, KU couldn't make anything. We talked about the layups, uh, missing jump shots. OU did exploit some things on the KU defense. Like, certainly there were a lot of ways they got wide open looks and, and got some easy shots. They also did make a handful of really tough layups where it felt like they were just chucking up a prayer and it found its way in. Um, and that difference was almost the difference in, in Oklahoma just winning the game. And so, you know, I was ready to come in here and kind of talk about just like, uh, well, it's kind of just like, a, I wouldn't say it's a fluky game, but it's not a game where I'd expect a lot of that stuff to happen again. Also, you had like Bill Self gets the technical. Yeah. And that was in the like early second half, mid second half. And uh, I think it tied the game for Oklahoma because they had like four free throws basically off of it because there were the two free throws for the foul, then the two for the technical, like tied the game. Kansas never led again from the technical until like the final minute of the game. Man. And usually it's like the opposite. It's like um, when Bill Self gets a technical, it like fires everyone up. And it's like, okay, here we go. But uh, not the case, I guess, this time. But those final four to five minutes, man. Allen Fieldhouse. That's Allen yes. Fieldhouse. That's Allen Fieldhouse to a special, special place. 100%. It doesn't, even, it doesn't even make sense. Like it's not, and it's no. like, it's not even explainable. Like, how do you even explain that? It's just a building. It's literally just some bricks on top of each other. How does it do that? Some doesn't make wood. any sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> just the Allen Fieldhouse magic. Okay, I would like to make two statements. Number one, I'm going to be careful how I say this because I don't want our friend Matt, the referee, to get mad at me. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. After the Texas Tech game, the Big 12 puts out a statement. We're going to crack down on physical play, blah, 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 whatever, right? Yeah. Okay. What we saw last night, I would say, is... Very much crackdown. Exactly. But it wasn't until the second half. But, okay, here is my statement. As I've said before, I'm fine with however you want to call the game as long as it's consistent, right? And it was pretty... Like, both teams were getting a lot of calls. Yeah. Right? Which was fine. But, me personally, I would rather watch what we saw against between KU and Texas Tech every single night than what I watched last night. There's just fouls galore. It's just the action is stopping and starting. It's just no. It's horrible. Ah, uh, the game took man. so long. Like, give me KU Texas Tech every other every night compared to what I what I watched last night. Yeah, hundred percent agree. It's I mean, just funny because no just matter let what, the guys play. Let you know who who like who cares, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and like I said, as long as it's consistent, I don't care, right? Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, last night was consistent. It was fine. They were calling everything, right? Okay, but sure, it didn't great. make for a great watch. But, it, but exactly. But it's not. It's not as that there's not as much game flow. Like it's, I, I think it detracts from it. I think it's definitely a lot better. And obviously, you would obviously you'd prefer some kind of like happy medium where like you know you make calls, but also like the game still flows, right? But 
I would take watching KU Texas Tech, what are the equivalent of the officiating from KU Texas Tech. I would take that over what was last night. Yeah. Okay. That's my first statement. Second, second? second statement is that Bill Self is the greatest coach in college basketball by far. Mm-hmm. By far. Is that up for debate? No. It's not even up for debate. There's an astronomical gap between him and I don't even, you know what? I don't even give a damn who's number two. I don't. I don't care. The gap is so huge, it doesn't matter. Okay? And here's why Tennessee beats Kansas. How'd they do it? They were physical, lengthy, athletic, and they face guarded Grady Dick and said, we're going to, but we're going to do that, right? Porter Mosier, pretty good coach, right? I think we agree. He's a yep. pretty good coach. So he probably saw that and he was like, you know what? These other teams that are trying to, that have been giving up. A lot of points to Grady Dick in Big 12 play. We're going to try to do what Tennessee did. And it worked. It was successful. We're gonna, they said, we're going to play four on four, and we're not going to let Grady Dick do anything, right? What does Bill Self do? He says, okay, I see that. You're going to play four on four? Well, we're, I'm going to up the ante. We're going to play two on two <laughs> with Dewan Harris, and we're, we're going to clear everybody out. We're going to clear everybody coming out. Coming into the game, Oklahoma was probably like, oh, those are the two you're going to play two on two with us? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, Bill Self was like, okay, we're going to clear everybody out. We're going to clear all, you know, Jalen Wilson cleared out, mm-hmm. Kevin McCullough cleared out, and in the middle of the floor, at the t- from the top of the key, we're going to play two on two with Dewan Harris and Kevin McCullough, with Dewan Harris and KJ Adams, I mean. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah, it li- worked. Little so did. the counter to the counter was genius. Yep. It, it was phenomenal. Little did uh, Porter Mosier know that KJ Adams and Dewan Harris have been KU's two best players in Big Twelve play. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, this just makes me think about the the quote from Bill Self where he was like, you know, in Big Twelve play, it's it's about responding and reacting to you know different situations in terms of coaching and whatnot, right? And I think that's a great point because I do think there are a lot of coaches in college basketball. That will, you know, come up with their scheme or whatever, and if it works, they're like, okay, we don't need to do anything else. We're just going to keep doing what, you know, we're just going to keep doing that, right? And then when the other coach adjusts, they're like, whoa, wait a second, you're allowed to adjust? Wait, what? That's what it felt like happened, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, you made an adjustment, and Dewan Harris and KJ Adams were getting, pl- were making plays in the middle of the floor, and what did Oklahoma do? They didn't do anything. They just kept doing what they've been doing all game. And so Bill Self was like, okay, we're just going to keep clearing out and play 2-on-2 with a lot of space in the middle of the floor. And it worked. It was very successful. Yeah. And Oklahoma had no. Oklahoma didn't even try to do anything to no. adjust to that. They didn't have an answer. So, um, you know, last year Ochai was getting face guarded for a few games. Now, not every team can do it because you have exactly. to have the right personnel you, you to do it. You definitely have to have, you know, a lengthy mm-hmm. wing. Uh, in, the you're basically, of, in, in the case of trying to face guard Grady Dick, you have to have a lengthy wing guy. And in theory, if you're going to face guard a player like Grady Dick, you're probably going to use one of your better defenders to face yeah. guard him, which, which inherently weakens the rest of your defense. Yes. And that's so, exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. I don't know if every defense will do it moving forward, but I'm sure you're going to see this a lot more, and I'm sure you'll see that as the response or, or in some other way. Like you said, great adjustment by self and uh, great play by both those guys. K.J. Adams, fantastic all night long, the yeah. 22 points. He was just so good. He just continues to impress even yeah, more every game. Phenomenal. Um, Dewan Harris in control for that final end of the game. Like the one floater he hit, that's such a ridiculous shot where he's kind of caught in the air and it looked like he kind of wanted to pass, but the guy's right on his back and he just kind of stops midair and hits the floater. Like that's such a that's such a high level play by him. And, and then you get a little bit of everybody, I guess. Like Jalen at least hit the one three to cut it to five. Um, you get Grady Dick, who I believe got the offensive rebound on that Jalen Wilson three. Yeah, he was still a factor, even though he didn't yeah. score very much. Jalen or uh, Kevin McCuller 
really had a poor offensive game until he hits the clutch shot again. Like it was the yeah. Oklahoma State game, like all yeah. over again from that standpoint. Yeah. So which I thought I, that was interesting. I will say one more thing about the how Oklahoma was playing Kansas defensively is like the easy solution or the, the quote unquote easy solution there would have been to just take Grady Dick out. Yeah. Right. But obviously Bill Self had was, you know, paying attention to the game and he decided in his mind, hey, I like Dewan Harrison, KJ Adams going up against one of the Groves brothers, whoever and whoever their guard was that was on Dewan. Right. Like obviously he preferred like basically that in that moment in my head I was like, okay, if I'm Bill Self here, Bill Self is saying I prefer the two-on-two matchup in the middle of the floor with, with DeWan Harris and KJ Adams against Oklahoma more than I would prefer to take Grady Dick out and play actual five-on-five offense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... Because, like, that would be the quote-unquote easy solution, right? Yes. In that situation, just take him yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, he's, and, and he's one like, of eight. He's struggling on defense, Yeah, too. exactly. It's not like Grady Dick is a phenomenal defender that brings extreme... You know, it's not like he's Kevin McCuller, who just brings yeah. extreme value. But he basically said, no, I, I want to use this as an offensive advantage in another yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. Which is just, you know, like I said, incredible, incredible coach mm -hmm. scheming, incredible, incredible foresight to recognize that and to implement it. Just phenomenal coaching. Well, the other reason Kansas almost lost besides their gigantic um, collapse in most of the second half and shooting the basketball and, and missing all those layups, Oklahoma was able to hit a lot of shots from two-point range. They went 25 of 40 on twos. That's good for 62.5%, which if you do that for a season, you're going to be like one of the best two-point teams in the entire country. And, uh, like, out of comparison, um, Oklahoma so far this season is a top 25 offense in two-point rate. They're 24th in the country. They're shooting 56%. So that shows you what 62.5% would do, and that's what they did last night. I said earlier, they did get a lot of open ones. They also did get some where they just threw some up against pretty good defense, and, and they just found a way to, to knock them through. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, I didn't feel like the defensive performance from Kansas was yeah was like bad. I mean, I don't think it was their best defensive. No, but they were. You're right. Oklahoma was being forced to make some more contested yes. shots, and they were hitting some. I so I I don't think it was as bad as that indicates. But even then, that would be a bit alarming that that happened. Here's why I'm not worried about it long term. So we saw this last year. Um, last season, Oklahoma ended up seventh in the country in two point percentage. That's just something the Porter Mosier teams do. They spread the ball the, the court well because they always have like four and five men that can shoot yep. and spread the ball out, which they do. Well, they, with I like mean, they've the had the Groves brothers. brothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've had the Groves brothers. So, but he did it at Loyola Chicago too. Yeah, and they spread the court out and they run this fun motion offense that it gets guys open on cuts that they get open twos. It just does because they they open up the lane, and so that's something that his teams have always done well and that he's coached well. And you look to last season and uh, Oklahoma. In the game that was played in Lawrence, shot sixty point seven percent on two point shots, and you know, I I kind of looked to that and last year's team for Kansas only had four games where they allowed an opponent to shoot sixty percent or better from two point range. Like, I just kind of view it as that's something Oklahoma does well, and and overall Kansas didn't have that be a problem a ton. I think this year's defense is better than last year's defense overall. Now, last year's defense really kicked it into high gear in the postseason, um, and we'll see what happens with this year's. But overall, like to this point, this defense is a lot better than last year's defense was. And and here's the proof in the pudding. Like I, I kind of view last night as, like I said, in, in that regard, something I'm not worried about because that is the worst two-point game that the Kansas defense has had this year. The second worst was Seton Hall, who weirdly shot 58.6% from three or from two. 
Um, Besides that, you have to go to Texas Southern, who weirdly shot 52.8% from two. Every other team has shot under 48% on two-point shots against Kansas. So Kansas has played, what, 15 games, 16 games? Uh, I think it's 16 games. Or 16 now? 15 and one now. Are they 15 and one? Yeah, they're 15 and one. So they played 16 games. 13 of the 16 opponents have shot under 48% on two-point shots. Only three of them have shot better. And Oklahoma is the only one to do it above 60%. So I'm not really worried too much in the long term, but certainly that's something where I guess you kind of tip your cap to Porter Mosier because maybe he's kind of figured something out yeah. uh, against KU. Yeah. Now, uh, we mentioned Dwan Harris, really good game and in control at the end. KJ Adams was the MVP of the game. Uh, yeah. Jalen, Kevin, and, and Grady all had their struggles. Jalen ended up with a, a good statistic game. Zach Clemens had some very interesting minutes. <laughs> he had 10 points. He hit two threes. They were the first made threes he's had all season long. Shot looked really good. He also yeah. hit a couple free throws. So, uh, you know, every time he was taking a jumper, it looked good. He, he hit a layup in there, too. Well, my favorite tweet from the night was uh, Michael Swain, who's been on our show before, had a tweet that said, that's Zach Clements' first three-point make since dot, dot, dot. When? When was the last time he made one? Back was last it Oklahoma year? last year? <laughs> I don't know. It might have been. I never I bothered to look it up. <laughs> but it made me laugh. Because, yeah, the idea being, yeah, I don't know, the last time he made a three in a game, it has, I don't know. I think it was, it, it might have been. <laughs> so literally, what, over a year ago or almost a year ago? All right, let's see. So, he started this season. He, he hasn't made a I mean, the last time season. he even attempted a three in a game was the Seton Hall game. He, has, he, he hadn't made one this 0 for this 1 season. against Seton Hall, 0 for 1 against Texas Southern, 0 for 5 against Wisconsin, 0 for 2 against North Dakota State. Then you go back to last year. 0 for 3 in the tournament against Texas Southern. 0 for 2 against TCU. 0 for 1 against Kansas State. 0 for 1 against Oklahoma State. It was Oklahoma. That was the last time he hit a 3. Man. And if you go back before that, the most recent time he hit a 3 before the Oklahoma game was the Dayton game. <laughs> That's wild. And this guy, is, this guy is a stretch 5? Allegedly? Yeah, he seems to hit him in practice. And he hit him last night. Maybe he's maybe he's on a roll. Zach Michael Jordan Clements. If he played practice. every game like he played against OU, he'd be, be he'd be getting you know he. I feel like he'd be the back center. I, I still do have concerns about the defense, and I think you saw some of that in the game. But like, if you're hitting shots like that, it yeah certainly yep. makes up for it. I would think. Yep. Yeah, but I I don't I'm hesitant to make any grandiose conclusions about oh Zach Clements is going to be the second big man off the bench now. Ooh, I I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I, I'm still sticking to my guns on Zuby probably being that guy still, but I don't know. Maybe a game like that does kind of spark something, and you see Clements get a little bit of run. No, because how many other games, whether it was Ernest or Zuby, having a game where they've had you know ten points, six rebounds, or eight points, four rebounds, and we're like, it looked pretty good. And the next game, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so I'm not going to overreact to this. I'll just say yeah, that was I a good game from Zach Clements. He continues to play like it. I mean, you needed him, sure. right? Like, it's a team game, you know? Yeah, different nights, you're going to need yeah. different guys. And I think, realistically, what we're getting to is that I don't know if there ever will be that one backup center this season. You think it might be where it's just, I think it's a, just matchup it's just a, dependent for the backup? Field play. And just, KJ's going to, because he, he is that kind of wing who can play more than a regular center. Oh, yeah. I mean, he played 27 minutes last night, and he was in foul trouble. So, like, but by the way, he was he was looking gassed. He was. Late in the game. But, like, realistically, he's going to play 28 to 30 minutes a game. So there's oh, not even that many oh, minutes to give to a backup. Once you get into the tournament, it might be, yeah. you know, 32 minutes a game. 
So if they, they have a lumbering big man, it's Zuby and Ernest. If not, it's Cam and Zach. And I don't know if it'll be the one. Like last year, it was like, okay, it's just going to be Mitch Lightfoot as yeah. the guy. You yeah. know? I don't well, think that's he the was, case. He was in the house. That hasn't night. been the case so far. Yeah, he was. I yeah. think he had a sling on his shoulder. Oh, really? Something happened. I didn't see that. So, I mean, Kansas very easily could, and, and maybe some would argue should, be 0-2 <laughs> in Big 12 play at home, which is absolutely wild. But, hey, good teams find a way to win. But and they in the Big 12, and you take anyone you can. When you head to the Final Four in March, nobody's going to care that you beat Oklahoma 79-75 or Oklahoma State, whatever the final score was, yeah. by three. No, that's what I'm saying. This isn't like if, if, if you're Gonzaga and you're playing in the West Coast Conference, you do need to blow these teams out. Because if you win a bunch of close games against teams who aren't very good, it's like maybe you're not very good. But guess what? Everybody in the Big 12 is good. So yeah. just win any way you can. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. CJ Moore is going to join us in the 4 o'clock hour. we got Florida Man Mad Libs in the 5 o'clock hour. Plenty more coming at you, including some KU audio. We'll be back after this time out for some more KU basketball on RCST. About half past three, this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We'll share Bill Self's post-game press conference audio coming up here in about 15 minutes from right now. Uh, Rock Chalk Pick a Hawk recap. This was a very, very interesting matchup that we had. This was. You you had the option with your last pick. You could have, you know, not gone with MJ Rice. Could have taken an OU player. I could have, yeah. But and I did realistically, not want to. you would have probably ended up with Grant Sherfield. I did not want to. 25 points. I did not want to be a traitor. <laughs> I wanted to take all, all KU. Huh? It worked out anyway for you. It did. You won 109 to 65. You are now up 7 to 6 <laughs> in the race. Let's go. So Jalen got 28 pickahawk points, which honestly I That's I, I kind mean, of I guess wild. It, it makes sense. Like he he racked up so many rebounds yeah, he had and stuff. Rebounds, yeah. Went 3 of 12 shooting. Uh Kevin McCuller, this one I was surprised on too. He got 30 pickahawk points, which felt like a tough offensive game for him, but I guess he didn't take that many shots. He only took 6 shots. He was 2 of 6. Yeah. He had 8 rebounds. So that adds up. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you have a night where, you know, you're miss 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 shots, that's where you get in trouble mm-hmm. on Pickahawk. KJ Adams, you expected him to have a big Pickahawk game after seeing the stat. 22 points. He got six rebounds, which is, you know, good for him. Usually he's closer to actually like three or four rebounds. Uh, so he got six there. I think he had a couple blocks. I mean, he definitely had that one that was really impressive from yeah. kind of coming over from behind. Zuby, you had, he played like a minute or two. He got zero. <laughs> he didn't. Like, have any stats? Uh, Zach Clements, you had Zach Clements for the Zach Clements game. He had yeah, 13. That was kind of a kind of a bold pick, and it paid off. Did pay off. Although it wouldn't have mattered if you didn't have him. You still would have, would have <laughs> beat me. And then MJ Rice didn't play. He had zero. Um, so you crushed me. Yeah. I, I only had 65. Grady Dick only got me 16. Of course, the game I pick him, he gets face guarded, right? <laughs> and then I know what's going to happen. I'm not going to pick him next game, and, and Iowa State's not going to face guard him. Yeah. yeah, and he's going to go for 25 points. Yeah. So he only had 16, one of eight from the floor. Dewan was really good. He had 26 pickahawk points, but maybe didn't fill it up. As that's the thing, like with this game, it's not totally indicative of who the best player was. Like Dewan Harris was better than Kevin McCuller in that game, but Kevin McCuller had more pickahawk points. It's part of the strategy. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, if you get a lot of rebounds, man, that's it. That pickahawk we raise, really add up. Should we raise how much like assists? Well, also, cost? Kevin, yeah, Kevin like McCuller, two for two for rebounds, three for assists, maybe. Kevin McCuller had four steals, so that helps too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Bobby Pettiford got me a big old zero. <laughs> How many minutes did he play? Uh, that's a good question. 
I don't like, feel like you played that much. We had we had been on a run there where Bobby was, was getting ten to fifteen pick a hawk points. Exactly. Pretty consistently, at least. So a bit of a step back there, which is on Joe only got you one. Yeah, Joe only got me one, but I I didn't expect Joe to get nope. more than Bobby. Bobby <laughs> played sixteen minutes. He Man. went 0 of three. He scored one point on a free throw and he had one assist. That's it? Yes. Joe, I don't remember how he got. Maybe he like missed a shot. I, I think he missed a shot. No, but he scored. And then he scored. Maybe he had two. I think he one of two, maybe. Yeah. He had one. Um, I swear, Joe is the ultimate. Like, if he does something good, it looks really cool. Because he's this like five ten super athletic guard. So you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. the West Virginia game. Yeah. When he had that steal that leads to the contested layup. Yeah. Like, that looked really cool. Yeah. Like, uh, when you go back to his time at Drake, when he had yeah. that dunk, that looks so cool. Like, when he does things good, they look so he's, cool. No, he's just very athletic, you know, crazy athletic, crazy guard. And then, and then when he, he does things poorly. Side of the backboard. When something doesn't go right for Joe, it looks really bad. <laughs> yeah, because like you said, when he misses a three, he doesn't just miss. <laughs> that thing hits the, you I know, mean, I guess if you're going to miss, you might as well get your bang, bang for your buck. I guess. You know? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Cam Martin got me zero. And then I had Tanner Groves, who's the one OU player either of us took. He had 22. He didn't go off. He ended up over on the, the nine and a half points for his uh, game prop. He also ended up with like 10 rebounds or something, but he had a bunch of turnovers. Mm. He didn't really impact the game. I, I think definitely, because that was something we talked about before the game, that um, last year you were a little more concerned with a matchup like this of having to stretch five because Dave isn't a super mobile big man that's going to get out there. Yeah. This year, you're not as stressed about it. No, because you have KJ. Yeah. And KJ I, I think that proved go. itself out in the yeah. game. Yeah. Like, Tanner Groves did not really establish himself. Yeah, and listen, the reality situation is, to beat Kansas, your best players have to have, like, A-level games, mm-hmm. right? And Sherfield if, did. And even if they do, you might not win. Because Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> exactly. Which Sherfield did his part, but I, I do think it, it feels like Groves would have needed to do a little more for Oklahoma to win the game. Right, and like I said, even that's not enough. I mean, look at look at Oklahoma State. Bryce Thompson gave a Herculean effort. I mean, that is best game that he may ever have ever in the, in his entire career, ever. L, straight to the face. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's just Alan Fieldhouse, man. Yeah, it is. Well, they might need some more magic for or maybe it they on should a rename Saturday. it to Springer Fieldhouse because they keep winning a big hawk. No, they would never do that because every time you go to Allen Fieldhouse, they, they lose. They lose, or they almost, or they almost so, lose. <laughs> and they, they they lose all the magic. At That's that point. a good point. That's a good point. Don't rename it. Yeah, yeah don't rename it. No, because I've not. only let's see, I've only been to one KU game so far this year, and it was the Southern Utah game, and they yeah. almost lost. Yeah. Which Wait, like, I wonder what Southern Utah's game? doing. Hang on, let me look at the schedule. I might have gone to another game. Like, what if Southern Utah is just like a powerhouse now? No, what if, what if they're just they just end up going like twenty five and three? They are one hundred and forty seventh on Ken Palm. That's higher than what it was when they played Kansas, I think. Yes, I think so. I didn't realize this. The a week after they played Kansas, they lost on a neutral floor to Texas State by thirteen, who's ranked one hundred and ninety fifth. Oh. I mean, that was the hey, ultimate listen, letdown game. I'm just going to give myself some credit right. for not calling them Utah Valley. Because I kept, That's doing, right. I kept you did. doing that. No, but they're 3-1 they're in uh, uh, whatever conference in WAC, I think. Yeah, the WAC. Uh, yeah, the only the only 
KU game I've been to so far this season was Southern Utah. Okay. Well, don't go again. And they almost lost. So I, I'm, I don't know. I might. We'll see. We should have you go and pick one of the players of the other teams in this. So, but if hypothetically, go if off, I go, if it, it's a double negative. If I go and they're just getting blown out at half, am I required to leave? Mm, that's a good question. Like, do I need because, to just be escorted out? No, I, I don't think so. Because the problem is Kansas has shown a has shown a an ability to come from behind at half. So I think you right. have to stay the whole game. And if they don't come from behind at half, we know it's your fault. And if they do come from behind at half, we no, just because but if I leave at half, then I still have plausible deniability that it's not my fault. You do, but if they leave at half, we won't have narrowed down. We won't have isolated the variable because we could just chalk it up to, well, it could be that Nick left at half, or <laughs> it could just be that Kansas, this is what they do. They come back at halftime. I guess. I just, I, I'm just trying to think of a way to do this without, without it making jeopardizing it. Jeopardizing something. Yeah, exactly. Pinning mm -hmm. it on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so I'm trying to maintain blame. some level of plausible deniability. Mm -hmm. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to take a timeout. Bill Self Audio, next. Four o'clock hour. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We'll have our college basketball whip around coming up. Uh, more KU basketball talk throughout the show, including some uh, audio from last night's win over Oklahoma for Kansas. Joined now by C.J. Moore of The Athletic. And Kansas just completely flips the script of the game last night. Doesn't hit a field goal for nearly 13 minutes. They come away with the victory. But one of the main things I wanted to talk to you about today is the the schematics and, and Dr Grady Dick being kind of face-guarded there down the stretch. So he goes one for eight in that game against Oklahoma. Clearly wasn't an on-night for Grady Dick and very tough to kind of deal with that. But also at the end of that game, I know you were on your social media kind of going over some of the different plays that it opened up just having him on the floor. Um, I, I guess net sum is him being face guarded and taken away. Is that actually a good thing for Kansas in a weird way? Well, if they play the right way and, and, and use it against the defense, yeah, it, it can be. I mean, I think when, when KU is at their best, when the Jayhawks are at the best, you know, Grady Dick is making shots and part of the flow and, um, you know, they're racing up and down the floor and he's shooting transition threes and, um, you know, driving closeouts and, and he's important because, because, you know, one of the best shots Kansas can get is a semi-open Grady Dick shot, right? Because he's, he's just a very, very efficient shooter. And that's the thing defenses fear the most and that's why they're going to take it away. But I do think, you know, he's, KU's offense is still best when he's out there if they're going to face guard him because it makes offense for everybody else easier. And you saw that late in the game. They just kept running the same play. They would run into the corner. They run a middle ball screen for Dewan Harris and with KJ Adams setting it. And, you know, if you, if you notice the first one, um, KJ sets it on the defender's left hip, making Dewan go to his right. Um, why does he do that? Because that's there were two players on that side. Um, and when he drove, you know, KJ rolls more to the left side. And if those two defenders, that, you know, Harris is and, and KJ stay with, with DeLon, then um, KJ Adams was going to be wide open because usually what, it, what happens, uh, whoever's in the corner there, that defender is going to help off against KJ because you don't want to give layups. But um, Oklahoma was so scared of giving up a, a – Grady Dick three pointer 
that you know Kansas was getting layups late in that game. If if you if you run it the right way and, and you know your spacing's right, you can get that. So um, you know I think KU kind of figured something out late in that game, and um, you know that's something that you'll you'll probably see them go to going forward. Well, yeah. To that point, like was that stuff that Kansas just started to exploit? For the last five minutes, or, or I guess, what do you think changed down the stretch? Uh, because I'd imagine that was something that Oklahoma was doing a majority of the game. Um, yeah, so got a uh, company going up and the dog going up. <laughs> no, you're fine. We're talking with CJ Moore here uh, from the Athletic on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Nick Springer, Derek Johnson. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I just I, I guess. I wonder what that is. I wonder what that change was, and 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 that's kind of what I'm curious about. Like, if that was just maybe Kansas was trying different things, and they finally arrived to that, or, or how that kind of came about, and, and why it just came about that late in the game. I think that the Kansas was trying to to drive their guys, and um, you know, when when you have that, you know that the help's not coming from from his man. So if you can drive on the side that he is, where he is, you know, you're you're gonna have an advantage but Oklahoma did a great job of keeping their guys in front of them you know they kept trying to go to Jalen Wilson for instance and Jalen Hill just kept his chest on him kept him kept him in front and made him make you know try to make tough shots and he wasn't able to so I think Kansas kind of figured something out there late that that middle ball screen was was the way to to take advantage of it and um you know if they go through that earlier maybe they they start to run earlier but um, sometimes you just keep trying things until they work, and, and that was the one that they tried and, and worked. This happened last year in in some of the games with Ochai Baji. Do you, do you think that'll yeah, help Texas, them? Texas for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think um, you know the fact that Bill had a year last year where that was often the case where teams were just attached to, to Ochai, and you know Bill's done this for years where he, he knows how to take advantage of the gravity of the floor and. Um, you know, when one guy's being face guarded like that. So, um, you know, he's going to run certain sets that, that take advantage of that. And um, Sometimes, you know, one thing will work one game and, a, and something else will work the other game. But, um, yeah, I think the, the fact that he's, he's been through that with Ocha probably doesn't hurt. Iowa State has been one of the best defenses in the country, and that's who Kansas has next coming into the field house. I think they're number one in – turnover rate defensively right now teams are turning it over like 30 percent of the time which is just absolutely insane so I, I i don't know because they've been such a successful defense that i wonder if they'd be the situation of hey it ain't broke don't fix it why why should we face guard like do you, do you expect a lot of the other big 12 teams like an iowa state to face guard grady dick or do you think that's going to be kind of a night in night out situation well i think it'll be a night in night out situation i think you know everybody on the scouting report he is a going to be a hard close, you know, don't give him space, try to stay attached best you can. Um, but some teams are going to stick to their principles where, um, you know, they're going to help if, if somebody's attacking the basket. So um, I don't think every team's going to, you know, face guard him like that, but um, getting shots is going to be tougher and tougher here in the conference season when you're scouted and everybody knows what, what you run and, and, and where you get those shots. So, um, it'll be a challenge for, for, for Grady to get clean looks, but um, I don't think everybody's going to do like Oklahoma did last night. You know, so far in these four Big 12 opponents, I think Oklahoma State and Oklahoma have done it. And um, so, you know, half the games he's had and half the games he ha- hasn't. What you were talking about with K.J. Adams and the pick-and-roll stuff at the end there, I, I think it just speaks to, I don't know, maybe some of the smarts that he has in the game. And he's obviously so improved from last year 
just expanded role, and, and it seems like he's just improving each and every game. Has there been like traits or, or anything about his game, though, that you've been maybe most surprised with from what you thought he was going to be to what he is now and to why he is becoming so effective here during Big 12 play? You know, I didn't expect KJ was going to start making free throws. <laughs> the rate he's, he's making them. I mean, that's huge for a guy that, that's getting fouled as much as he is. Um, that is so, so big. And, he, you know, he had a hitch early in the year, and he's really smoothed out his stroke there. Um, then the other thing is just, like, making, like, 10-footers over people. Um, you know, if you go back to pre- early in the year, he was just dunking in layups, right? Like, he wasn't trying anything beyond that. And now he's trying shots over guys and, and scoring in that way. Um, I think that's the, the progression in his confidence is, has been um, kind of what's taken him to another level. Then also, you know, the pick and roll is a dance. And, um, you know, you're, you're, you've, you've got a partner in it. And um, sometimes it takes time to, to kind of figure those things out and when to release and, and those, those types of things and how to, you know, what to, what to do, you know, there's different ways to roll depending on how the defense is going to guard it. And I think he's getting better at better with that and, and getting an understanding for where DeWan Harris is going to get in the ball, and that's helped him as well. We're talking with C.J. Moore. You can check out all his work in The Athletic. Highly recommend subscribing. Uh, th- this is looking so far ahead, and, and I know we're at the beginning of January, but, like, as of today, is there a team or a team type or a matchup type that you think would maybe most trouble Kansas in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think it's Tennessee, Houston types, really, really physical, long, athletic, defensive teams um, that just make it hard to score. I think, you know, Kansas wants to be in an up-tempo, kind of wide-open game, and, you know, teams that can can kind of take them out of rhythm – um, like Oklahoma was able to do, like Oklahoma State was able to do for 20 minutes, um, and like Tennessee was able to do in that game, I think those are the teams that are toughest. So if you just go to Ken Palm and you look at the teams that are best in defensive efficiency in the country, those are probably the teams Kansas wants to avoid. Well, to that note, the next two games for Kansas then, pretty interesting that the I guess, differences in style. You have Iowa State with that great defense. Might slow it down a little bit more. You have Kansas State, who seems to want to speed it up a, a big amount. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's it's not congruent because one's on the road and, and one's at home, but to that notion, uh, does, I guess, the Iowa State matchup, is is could that be more problematic, do you think, for Kansas? Uh, yeah, possibly. Um, you know, Iowa State, they just play so hard, and that is a skill. And and they do it about you know T.J. Osselberger deserves a ton of credit because he gets his guys. It's, it's kind of like Houston; they just play so hard, and um, that's what they you know he's he's in his two years there he's he's kind of created that culture, and nothing's going to be easy for Kansas um, in that game. So um, <clears throat> you know I, I think that's probably the messier, murkier game. Now, um, if you said Kansas is going to win one of these games and lose one by, like, 20, um, I think K-State has the bigger potential to blow it open just because of how hot they can get offensively and their athleticism and speed. Um, but both of these games are being, I mean, really going to be really, really tough for Kansas. Like, um, I mean, if give him Bill Self-Truth serum right now, he'd probably take a split, I bet. What what's harder to predict right now? If I ask you to pick who's going to finish second in the Big Twelve or who's going to finish 
I don't know. Maybe it'd be a little easier to pick 10th with, with Pop Isaacs, him getting hurt and stuff, and, and the way that they just got blown out last night. But uh, picking second in the Big 12 or, or picking who's going to finish ninth? Or who's going to finish ninth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably say second. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I think there's a top five to me that's clear, but I don't know the order. Um, I would say KU, K-State, um, TCU, Iowa State and Texas look like the best five teams in the league. Um, but, you know, Baylor could become part of that mix here in a week or two. It wouldn't be surprising. Um, but I, I, I do think, you know, Tech, Tech clearly looks like the worst probably. Um, West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State um, are probably those other te- four teams at the bottom. Um, but, you know, those teams any, any night could, could get you. Is there a maybe one that we haven't seen yet uh, among the first four Big Twelve games for everybody? Is there a player matchup? I don't know. Maybe it'd be like Dewan Harris, Marquise Noel uh, for for this upcoming uh, next week. But is there a player matchup you're most excited to see uh, across the Big Twelve at some point here in the, the next few weeks? Maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, let's let's go to Tuesday. I think uh, Marquise Noel and, and Dewan Harris. I think that's going to be a terrific matchup. And you know, Noel's playing better than any guard in the college basketball right now like he is not just any he's the hottest player in college basketball right now like the numbers he's putting up are ridiculous the things he's doing on the basketball court are unreal and um so you know who's who's the arguably the best defensive guard in the country you could say dewan harris so so is he going to be able to to, to slow that dude down that's that's going to be fun to see and, and i'm sure he's going to take it as a personal challenge we're going to have our uh, college basketball whip around in the next segment. And one of the things we're going to talk about is is who's been maybe the most disappointing team so far this season. Uh, I think the answer, I don't know, leader in the clubhouse might have to be Kentucky after last night. But uh, North Carolina, after being from number one, kind of dropping to where they are. They're still, you know, top 25 on Ken Palm and everything. Michigan, I thought, was going to compete for a Big Ten title. But uh, they've had kind of a, a rough go of it. Villanova having a losing record, albeit, you know, for players being injured or guys like Kim Whitmore coming back. But is there a team that sticks out to you? Like, was, was there maybe somebody that you were high on coming into the air? And it could be even somebody who's maybe more a little uh, of a riskier pick that you thought could have a breakout year and it just hasn't happened for them this season. Who do you think that would be for you? You know, Indiana, to me, looked like a team the first couple of weeks of the season, even playing, you know, crappy competition, just watching those guys play. Um, looked like a team athleticism, skill, length, um, that I thought was going to be really, really good. And uh, they've been a big disappointment, you know, starting with, like, that Kansas game. I know maybe the game right before that. Um, they, they've been pretty dang bad, and, and, and I thought they were going to be, you know, top ten in the college basketball. Well, one thing I'm curious about is if Jalen Wilson can, I don't know, gain any ground for National Player of the Year. Certainly, he's only shooting 34% on twos so far in Big Ten, Big 12 play, so that's going to have to pick up. But is there is there any way in your mind that you could see Zach Eady losing ground at this point? Uh, I mean, Purdue starts losing some games maybe, but um, I mean, I think he's the clear favorite. And honestly, you know, right now I think I'm not even sure Jalen Wilson's the Big 12 Player of the Year. I mean, he's been awesome. But this run Marquise Noel's on, like, like if if you're picking today, uh, you you might have to pick him. So, um, but you know, as long as Kansas is winning games, I don't think anybody at, at KU really cares that about that stuff. You know, he's he's going to get all the accolades in the world if if they win. 
He's CJ Moore. You can check out all his work in The Athletic. Subscribe to it at the the start of the year. They always got great deals going down, and you can read all of CJ's great work in, in addition to everything there at The Athletic. CJ, appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks for having me. Take care. Absolutely. That's CJ Moore of The Athletic. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, more college basketball talk. We'll have our college basketball whip round. This is RCST. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. We have Florida Man Mad Libs coming at you in the 5 o'clock hour. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. That's pretty cool. Just place an NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs? anywhere else you can also bet on any other sports like college basketball like every day they put up a, a boost where you can get up to a hundred percent boost for any three plus leg college basketball parlay um i i forget what the the minimum is if it's like minus 500 or minus 300 but you can stack them up and if you have a certain amount of them you get a hundred percent boost even if you just have like a three-team parlay you get like a 25 percent boost which uh, those little boosts the, those little extra value coming your way add up so like tonight you could be like huh Baylor's getting one and a half on the road against West Virginia, or, or maybe you go Baylor stinks. I'm going to take West Virginia minus one and a half. You put well, that in a parlor. What I'm interested in is TCU getting six and a half against Texas. That's really interesting. Isn't isn't that interesting? Mm, that is. How about Creighton Xavier? High over under one fifty two and a half. That is high. Well, maybe lean the under. Well, Xavier's pretty good. I thought they are. They are. Uh, so is Creighton, but Creighton has that really good big man to block shots. Maybe yep. maybe it goes yep. under. I don't know. Hmm. Do whatever you want. You can do that with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KLWN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with KLWN. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. 800-522-4700. 21 and older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus issued is free bets. One free bet issued based on amount of initial losing NFL bet up to $10. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Uh, let's do a college basketball whip around. There was a good amount of college basketball stuff that happened last night or, or is just kind of happening to yep. this point and time. Um Kentucky loses last night to South Carolina, which I, <laughs> that, it's 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 remarkable. It, it you might be thinking, okay, well they still lost to an SEC team. Like clearly that's not good. South Carolina is not very. South good. Carolina's like two fifty in Ken Palm. Yeah, they're two hundred five now. After oh, okay. that, after that win, after oh, that okay, win, okay, like okay. coming into it, I'm sure they were around two hundred five. Um, I saw some people say this: Kentucky in their first round tournament game against uh, St. Peter's that they lost. They were 18.5-point favorites. Yep. Against South Carolina, they were 20.5-point favorites. So, in, theoretically, this is actually a bigger upset. They lost at home <laughs> to South Carolina. Yeah, at home makes it a lot worse, mm -hmm. obviously. And this just goes back to Coach Cal sucks. He's living in the past. He's terrible. This really made me think about uh, what Matt Tate told us yesterday about that story that I wrote about Bill Self, where Bill Self gave him the quote of, give me the best, five, give me the best five players and we'll make it work, right? Guess who's not doing that? <laughs> Cal. He says, give me the five best players, and I'll find a way to make it the worst team possible. That's what he's doing. <laughs> That's what that clown is doing. It's hilarious. Coach Cal failing is the USA winning. <laughs> Period. So I'm extremely happy. 
Very, very happy. I and hopefully people will stop saying that he's even even in the same universe as Bill Self as a coach. I uh, don't because know if they're going to make the tournament. This guy has missed the tournament previously. They literally missed the tournament at Kentucky. And then they were gifted a path in their one year that they were a nine seed. They were gifted a path to play in the Final Four. Give me a break. These guys suck. Well, I hate Kentucky. Wait, what do you mean they were gifted a path? What, what, they got to play here? Wichita State in the... In the round of 32. I mean, that team had to play. They, they had to play a one seed. Then they had to play Louisville, who was the number one team in Ken Palm as their four seed. And then they had to beat like a two seed. That doesn't fit my narrative. I. That doesn't fit my narrative. My, but the, the narrative there is that <laughs> they were really, really good. And they sucked so bad in the regular season that they got a low seed. Okay. And then when they did well in the tournament, people thought, oh, well, Cal's a great coach. No, he had great players. They sucked in the regular season. They got a low seed. And then they did well. And everyone was like, oh, Cal's a great coach. Wow. You know who else, you know who else gets that treatment all the time? Mm. Tom Izzo. He sucks in the regular season. His teams are good, but they're bad in the regular season. He gets a low seed. They make like a sweet 16. It was like, ooh, look at his Owen March. No. I'm pretty sure John Calipari had like, it was an insane run of like, I mean, he made four straight final fours. He, I don't know. Um, I, I don't think they're going to make the NCAA tournament. As, as of right now, at least they wouldn't. They're 10 and six. They're one and three in conference play. And, uh, Bart Torvik has a like a uh, a tournament odds number that says like what are the chances that they they get into the tournament at this point in time? <laughs> What's Kentucky's? It is four point two percent. Wow, that is that feels lower than it. Well, because be. the problem is, well, no, okay. Here's why I think it's it must only four percent because the SEC is besides like Tennessee and Bama and Arkansas. Like the rest of the SEC is not that good, right? So um, if they are, I mean, Missouri is pretty good, but if, yeah, yeah. If Kentucky is not able to get wins against those three teams, then they're not going to have they're not going to have any good net ranking wins or any good quad one wins. Yeah, really. so I'm, I'm looking at the schedule now. So Tennessee, uh, like you said, really good. They're ranked second on Bartorvik. Kansas, who they play in the non-con, is is sixth. Well, they're going to get blown out by Kansas. Arkansas is seventeenth. Tennessee is second. Auburn is twenty fourth. Arkansas again seventeenth. Okay, so uh, everybody else is forty five or lower. Florida's forty five, and then everybody else is like seventy or lower. So it's not an ideal schedule. So uh, right if now, they, if they end up going, you know, nineteen and fourteen or whatever, mm -hmm. but they lose all their games to Kentucky or to Tennessee, Arkansas, Bama, they're not going to have any. They're not going to have any quality wins. Yeah, this, right now they're zero and five against Quad One. Not good. Yeah. So so, I, it, so they they have to win like at least fifty percent of those games, if not more. And yeah. also in the SEC, I don't even know. Do they even play those teams? Which ones? Like Tennessee. I mean, they. I'm oh sure yeah, they play yeah, them, no, but what they I was reading twice? there was the the schedule. Yeah, they oh. play Tennessee twice. They play Arkansas twice, which could okay. help them, or they could just lose all the games, and then it won't help them at all. Because you know. Because we talk so much about the Big 12 and stuff, it's hard. Sometimes I just like, I get in this mindset of, oh, every conference, they play every team twice. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. Okay. So Kentucky would, I, I don't know, maybe they would be the, the clear answer for this. Um, but if you had to pick the most disappointing team this season, who would they be? I think uh, Kentucky, Kentucky would certainly have to be up there. Um, I think North Carolina, given 
the fact that you were preseason number yeah. one. Like they're like still that, solid, but like that they're is, not close. That's embarrassing, yeah. right? Like yeah. you're preseason number one, and within like two weeks, you're not even in the top mm-hmm. twenty-five. Yeah, like th- that's brutal. They're twenty-second on Ken Palm, so again, it's like oh, they're 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 okay. They're yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, yeah, but, but again, given, if you compare given it to what the they were supposed right. to be, mm-hmm. and the fact that you're preseason number one, mm-hmm. and you're out of the top twenty-five after you know however many weeks, two or three weeks, whatever, to start the season. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky certainly was top five, so their drop off would be. I thought I thought Michigan was going to be really good. Felt like they I were you know, top fifteen team. Be better. Yeah. They're nine and six. They're outside the top fifty on Ken Palm. Uh, Villanova had just this one's not like ultra surprising because they had a bunch of players like they had yeah. Justin Moore still injured after his injury in the tournament. Uh, they're really good. Uh, Cam Whitmore, they're really good freshman who's probably going to be like a top five or ten pick in the NBA draft. He was hurt for the first like month or two of the season. He's finally coming back and, and looking pretty good. And also they have the new head coach. But uh, I'm, I'm surprised it's bottomed out this much. They're eight and nine. I would not have thought that. Yikes. Like I, I would have thought they'd take a step back, but not that much. Honestly, I think you could make a, a slight argument for Gonzaga. Like again, Gonzaga. What? Gonzaga's still good. They're 14 and three. They've beaten some good teams, but like. They were in the same notion of North Carolina where, like, hey, this is going to be one of the, I don't know, four best teams in the country. One of the three yeah, best teams in the country. look at their non-conference schedule. They, they actually, I don't think it's fair to say Gonzaga's been a disappointment because they've played a really tough non-conference schedule and they won a good chunk of their games. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they, they beat Alabama, which is a really good win uh, on kind of a, a semi-neutral court. They, they beat top 20 Xavier team. That's a good win. They beat Kentucky, Michigan State. They also lost by 20 to, to Texas. They lost by 18 to Purdue. They lost uh, to Baylor. I, I just think, and, and here's where it really drives to me. We're used to Gonzaga. They, they play that tough non-con, and then they get into conference play, and they just blow everyone out, which, that yes, it's that not. That happened. No, it hasn't. They beat Santa Clara by like three. Yes, right? they beat Santa Clara by five. They by beat five. San Francisco by two. <laughs> they also have a win over Kent State earlier this year by seven. They beat Montana by just ten. So like, well, St. Mary's is is St. Mary's. They, very maybe good. you might have surpassed Gonzaga this year. I think they have. So St. Mary's is actually ranked ninth on Ken Palm. They're ranked fifth on Bart Torvik. They're below Gonzaga. So I I don't think Gonzaga is a bad team. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying if you had the thought like I did, I I think on our betting preview I picked Gonzaga to win the title. I don't think they're anywhere close to that. I, I think they're a team that could be like, okay, sweet 16. Like, cool. Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to be like a what? A, a three seed? Yeah. Maybe? Four seed? Yeah, I guess it's just maybe. bad. I don't know. If, if St. Mary's wins I mean, the conference just, over them. Yeah, that's true. But even if St. Mary's wins the con- Like, if, let's say St. Mary's and Gonzaga split their mm-hmm. regular season and they both could win one, and then maybe St. Mary's beats them in the in the WCC Conference Championship or something, and, you know, Gonzaga's 17. Yeah, they're probably still a four They're seed, probably still right? a four seed. Yeah. But it's definitely different than we've seen in the past few years where they've just been a one seed pretty much automatically. Or uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, who is the best Wildcats this year? Is that Kansas State? I think you're trying to bait me here. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be some other Wildcat team. Is Arizona? Better. No, they're the Bearcats, No, correct? Arizona's the Wildcats. They are? Yeah, they yeah. Are. I don't know. Why was I thinking Bearcats? Uh, so, Arizona's yeah, Wildcats. Arizona would probably have to be the answer. But sucks, K-State. But K-State would probably be second, right? Okay, good job. I mean, Kentucky's not the answer. Villanova, no. we just discussed, they're not Let's the see, answer. There's uh, Dayton. Dayton's the Wildcats. No, they're not. They're the Flyers. Uh, not Dayton. Uh, Davidson. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how is Davidson this year? I know they brought back that uh, foster <laughs> lawyer kid. Oh, they're 9-7. and seven. Gross. <laughs> oh, okay. Not Davidson. Uh, Arizona. Um, Kentucky. Dude, Kansas State's really good. I Let's see. What are there? There's got to be more teams that are the Wildcats that we're missing. Also, though... It's super weird that 
uh, what we just talked about with uh, like expectations are so funny. Yeah. Because North Carolina is ranked 22nd on Ken Palm. And I know Ken Palm's not the be all end all, and still it hasn't filtered out all of the preseason data. Like that won't happen for another three weeks, but it's it slowly siphons it out. Uh, so I, I do think Kansas State is a better team than North Carolina, but just out of comparison, North Carolina is 22nd on Ken Palm, Kansas State's 23rd. Yet we view North Carolina's season as a resounding failure, and we review. Kansas State season is a resounding success. You know I wouldn't what I mean? say North Carolina season is a failure at this point. It doesn't have to end that way. We saw last year they, you know, quickly turned it around. I don't know, just kind of food for thought. Um, yeah. Okay, here's here's interesting. Uh, kind of wrapping this all together with with Kansas State and in Kentucky at least. So John Calipari is he going to get fired? I mean. You would think he has to, mm-hmm. right? If he missed, the, if he misses the tournament, surely, surely they fire, him. or surely they have a. And I don't know how the, surely the they have a contract, a works, mutual right? agreement yeah. to terminate their whatever lifetime, whatever the hell. Well, I, yeah, I don't know how that works. I'm sure they can get out of it. It's just probably a huge buyout. But I, I mentioned this last week. Like, could you not see John Calipari to Texas? What about this? This little happening. So John Calipari. Either gets fired or let go, or he does the thing where it's like, like we see, we've seen this happen before. It yeah, kind of happened with like Jimbo Fisher. Parting ways. Yeah, like Jimbo Fisher, I think was five and seven his last year at Florida State, and the year before, I think they only won like six or seven games. Yeah, and it, it, people were starting to get angsty. He wasn't getting fired because he had just won a title like three years before, but people were getting a little angsty, like what's going on here? So you basically reset your hot seat coach's clock, and you get a massive contract to go somewhere else, and that's what he did. He went to Texas A and M. I could see John Calipari doing that to Texas, and then Kentucky would be out there hiring. What if Kentucky got like Scott Drew? Because I'm trying I to think, think like Kentucky would hire Scott Drew. You don't think so? He he doesn't seem. He's not Kentucky enough. He's not Kentucky enough. But okay, hypothetically, what if they did, and then Baylor hired Jerome Tang? Or what if Texas hired Jerome? Yeah, Tang? that could happen too. I don't see Jerome Tang being a Texas guy though. Did like, you see? Did you see his his comment when somebody asked him about like no? Coaching, oh, he said something along the lines of like. If God wants me to be at K State, then I'll be at K State. Okay. Which is which? Listen, there's no right answer to those types of questions, but that doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence. I. What if God in ten million dollars a year wants you to be at? Texas? I think he's just basically saying like he has no idea what he would do. Which, to your point, does not inspire a ton of confidence. Like he's basically saying I would pray on it and think about it, but like, yeah, to your point, if you're thinking about it, that means that you're probably not <clears throat> totally locked in. But also, State. who in their right mind is going to say, "Oh yeah, I'm a hundred thousand percent committed to Kansas?" Yeah, K-State. no, that's true. It's it's true. It's it's not Kansas or Kentucky, right? It's it's not, you know, it's not North Carolina where it's like, yeah, I'll I'll as long as I'm succeeding here, like of course I want to be here. Um, yeah, I wonder who would take the Kentucky job then, because I don't know. There's would it be like Nate Oates? Coach Could K be. comes back. Could be Jay Wright the comes K back. K in Kentucky. Jay Wright comes back. I feel like he would hate Kentucky. Yeah. Like the boosters and everything. Yep. yep. That would no, suck. He would. He would. Um, elsewhere in the Big 12 last night, Iowa State absolutely crushed Texas Tech, which I think at this point it's got to be confirmation Tech is the worst in the Big 12 now. I guess. I think Pop Isaacs was out for the yeah. game. So that's kind of a big loss for them offensively. But, yeah, they, they might be bad. Yeah. Well, I think right now, Kansas, Iowa State, Kansas State, I know Iowa State and Kansas State are just outside of it, but I think all three of those teams at this point in time are top 10 teams. I watch Marquise Noel. He is one of the best point guards in the country. I think you have the two best point guards going at it next week in the Big 12 with Dewan and, and Marquise Noel. And, and Noel gave 
Kansas, lots of troubles last year, especially in that game in Manhattan. They couldn't keep him from slithering into the lane. He could score it. Like He has been so unbelievable this year. Um, Iowa State just plays great defense, and they just kind of balanced all over the floor. And, and the crazy thing is, I still think like Baylor, Texas, and TCU have potential to be top ten teams. I don't know if they'll get there at some point. Certainly, yeah, I mean, it won't you, all happen together. When you but, look at like the top half of the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. Kansas, probably Iowa State or K State. One of those two was is probably going to stay in the top half. Yeah. Who, okay. Who do you, you, who do you think, think that, finishes better? You would think that Baylor, TCU. And or Texas will all one three. of them will emerge at least. Yeah, but who do you think finishes better, Iowa State or K State? K State probably has Iowa the, State. I mean, K State has the advantage of they won at Baylor and at Texas, and it's like, yeah. is everybody else in the Big Twelve going to do that? Probably not. No. Well, but I was also, talking about this. Like, okay, I don't know. you figure that those you figured that Kansas State and Iowa State are going to have a sort of regression to the mean. Right, mm-hmm. some some games like that, right? But even uh, at this, even at this stage of conference play, a regression to the mean for like Iowa State or K State might be a ten and eight finish or eleven and seven finish, right? And that's still at least three or four, maybe even five games better than probably what you thought they were going to do preseason, mm-hmm. right? Probably good enough to get like a three seed. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Exactly, yeah. right? Like 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 for K State example, if if they you know, quote unquote, regress to the mean, and they finish conference play. I don't know, ten and eight, right? That's still probably at least four games better than what you thought they were going to do preseason, right? I mean, this was a team that was supposed to be mm-hmm. one of the two worst teams in the conference, probably. Same thing with Iowa State. Iowa State, you know, same deal. If they, if they finish eleven and seven or twelve and six in conference, that's still three or four games better than what you probably thought they were going to do, right? Yeah. I know they mentioned it last night on the K-State broadcast, which, by the way, that alley-oop they had to kind of seal the win, that was unbelievable. That was wild. That this win that they had against Oklahoma State, it, it tied them for their, their wins that they had last year. In conference play? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Which is crazy, too, looking I back. Mean, I knew they I mean, were bad, but I didn't realize they were that bad. Yeah. Well, it's because you had Marquise Noel and Nigel Pack. Like, Nigel Pack was a first-team All-Big 12 player. Marquise Noel, as we're seeing this year, I mean, he's taking another step up, but he was a really good guard last year, too. You, you hear guard play wins all the time, and they just, yeah, it was not working for him. So, I, they're really good, man. So is Iowa State. And uh, Saturday's game, I mean, that the next two stretch for KU. It's it's the three undefeated State, teams left. Iowa State, K-State. The Big 12, yeah. Yep. Uh, National Player of the Year talk, real quick. I feel like Zach Eady's kind of a lock at this point. I mean, barring like yeah. an injury, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because, so he's averaging 22 and 13, 63%. I, I guess if Purdue just like cratered and finished like, I don't know how many games they play in the Big Ten, if, if it's 18 or, I think they went up to like 20 or something. Really? Um, okay, let's say they go like 11 and 9 in Big tw- Big Ten play. Like at that point, oh, maybe he definitely can't win that. Yeah, it's tough because, I mean, how often do you see the National Player well, of the Year the on Big a 20 ten, and 10 team, right? The Big Ten sucks. Yeah, but if if they go, if they end up with like a twenty five and five record, and they're like a three seed in the tournament, like that's good enough that you can win it. Yes, but yeah, if, if they crater a bit, that that hurts him. But like realistically, this isn't one of those players where it's like, hey, he's a shooting guard who's averaging twenty two points per game, and at any point in time he could have a two week stretch where he just you know goes ice cold for two weeks, and and all of a sudden it opens up for player there. He's a seven foot four big man, so it's like. His worst games, the floor is just too high. Yeah, I mean, his worst games, he probably still could get 12 and 12. Yes, and it's it's not going to be more than like a one or two game stretch because it's not, for him, it's not about like, oh, am I consistently hitting jump shots? It's just like, did I dunk it or not, you know? (laughs) 
So, like, I I have a, a hard time at this point in time seeing it being someone else. Um, I don't know why Oscar Shibway is still so high up on on the different betting odds because Kentucky's horrible. I mean, They're not going to give it to him. He puts up great numbers, but yeah, I don't I don't see how he could win. Mm-hmm. And at this rate, it it doesn't. I don't think Jalen's going to do enough. Off, yeah. yeah, I don't think he's going to do enough. Jalen would have to. I don't know. I mean, the efficiency and the the shooting would have to obviously pop back up, but yeah, he would probably have to. Kansas would have to go like sixteen and two in Big Twelve player, fifteen and three in like the hardest Big Twelve, which this year seems to be. And he would have to, for conference play alone, average like twenty one points and like eight rebounds. It's really hard. I, I yeah. think Zach Eady is going to win it, basically. Yeah, probably. Okay, that's our college basketball whip around. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Kentucky sucks. <laughs> We're going to take a timeout. We got some uh, post game audio with KJ Adams, Dewan Harris, and Jalen Wilson. We'll share that with you next. <laughs> Five o'clock hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We got another edition of Florida Man Mad Libs coming up in about 10, 15 minutes from right now. KU takes down Oklahoma last night. Late comeback for KU. Absolutely wild turnaround. Like it was it's one thing to, to come from behind 15 and a half and you have that kind of time in between to reset. It's another thing to do it when you can't hit anything for 13 minutes. No, they couldn't hit the ocean. No. No field goals in, in almost 13 minutes of play. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they just get hot over the last five minutes of the game and I think it's funny too because we were talking yesterday as we were previewing the game and one of the things we said like how does Oklahoma win the game and they're, they're they were a good three-point shooting team coming in they, they still are and we just kind of figured that you know if Oklahoma gets hot from three-point range like that's they're gonna have a chance yes win. yeah they're gonna have a chance they went two of 17 from three and they still almost won well, that's what happens when you have a team that can't make a shot for 13 minutes. Yeah, I did not have on my uh, my short list of like things that could go wrong for KU. They wouldn't hit a field goal for 13, 13 minutes. 13 minutes. That's unbelievable. That and won't happen still again won. this year, right? Well, I can tell you one thing. If they if it does happen again, they probably won't win, right? Like, what are the odds you win no, a game won't. without scoring a shot in 13 minutes? But I guess what's weird is because last year they had the game against Oklahoma State where they didn't hit a shot in over nine minutes, and they won that one. So maybe it's actually a recipe for success because it forces, what? No. Them, to, forces no. them to lock in in the other no. areas. No, no. It's not a recipe for success. Sorry. No. But, yeah, I mean, obviously you, you don't want that to happen again <laughs> going well, from like Well, from a viewership standpoint, from if you're just watching the game as a fan, like that is – that is that's one of the most frustrating things to deal with because it's one of those things where it's like if, if your defense sucks or you're giving up all these offensive rebounds or you know you're, you're turning the ball over like you might get mad at like oh why are you playing dumb or um you know play tougher stop playing soft like things like that when your team just can't make a shot you just have to sit there and be like exactly well, just be sucks. like this sucks yeah. this is so incredibly frustrating <laughs> But, like, I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. Because this isn't, like, a matter of, hey, they're not trying hard enough or, um, I don't know, that they don't have players that can make shots because we know they can make shots. Yeah. Or, like, they're just not good, so they're not going to make shots. No, we know they're a good team. It's just one of those things you kind of have to deal with. And there was a moment when they got down by 10 points with, like, five minutes to go, I started thinking in my head, I was like, how am I going to talk about this tomorrow? <laughs> and the first thing that, that came to mind was, like, yes, this is unfortunate and – um, certainly you, you lost out on an opportunity to, to win your home game, which you need to take care of all your home games. And that'll certainly hurt you in the race to win the big 12 title. But like, if we're just looking at this game in a vacuum, 
I, I don't know what else to say other than, like, you just don't expect that to happen again, so yeah. I'm not really concerned about it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's like... It's like such an anomaly. It's like, you know, it's conference play is such a long stretch that you're it's it's bound to happen that you're going to have games where you struggle to shoot, right? Mm-hmm. But it's one thing to struggle to shoot and not make a shot for 13 minutes. Yes. Well, it's, it's another thing. Those are two separate things. It's another thing to have a game where they go, like Harvard, they went, what, 4 of 20 from 3? Yeah. It's another game where you go 9 of 30 on layups. <laughs> like, that, that, that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think you're pretty much spot on. It's like, what what really what real analysis can you do for a team that just can't make layups? Yeah, and I, I think it's it's more clear indication. Like, I mean, they they need the wings to score. If if teams are going to continue to face guard Grady Dick, it's going to be hard for him to put up 15, 20 points in a game. Yeah, I mean that was means, a big takeaway. Certainly. Yes, uh, Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller have to get going. For Kevin, this has been a whole Big Twelve thing. He's hit. Clutch shot after clutch shot, shot. so yeah. you give him credit for that. And we talked about it. Like Jalen Wilson ends up with 17 points yeah. in the game, but he didn't score until well over halfway into the first half. No, right? he, went, and it's he like, went 3 of 12 from it the didn't, floor. I mean, it's kind of one of those conversations that you, you maybe you think about. It's like he had 17 points, but were they like really impactful 17, blah, 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 right? It's like kind of a silly conversation, but also like in this case, maybe kind of legitimate. I don't know. I mean, like he had 17, but also it didn't really – it didn't really feel like it impacted the game. Yeah, the the three that he hit to cut it down to five that that, that was, was the one. one but yeah. I mean it it was ugly for for the KU. But wings also, it's really like score. you know, all points matter. So what is really? I mean, if you score seventeen, you score seventeen. Mm-hmm. Interesting so, bench yeah, game. Zach Clements was the first big off the bench. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to think about the bench the the big man bench situation because I was I was kind of operating under the assumption that like okay. Doobie's number one off the bench. Got that cleared up. Good good job. All right, go us. And then all of a sudden, Bill's just like, psych, here comes Clements. And he plays well. He said like, in the what? post game. My guess would be that he just he just must have thought that Clements was a better matchup for Groves as like a stretch guy. Like if Groves is going to stretch it on the offensive end for Oklahoma, then Clements could do the same thing for KU at, at KU's offensive end, right? Yeah. Which I guess ended up coming true, right? But also, like, Clements was just not very good defensively. No. So I don't know at, at what point how do you value a guy as a stretch five, but he's getting burned on defense. Yeah, that's that's the problem because he was hitting shots. Yeah. Um did an okay job of rebounding. Yeah, the, you the know defense. it's one thing for like Grady to be scoring mm-hmm. well, and maybe he has, he's not very effective on defense. But like when you're the center and you're kind of the linchpin <laughs> of a defense, and you're you're the guy who's the last line of defense, exactly, it, it can't happen. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know what the answer is. Uh, Self said in the post game that he liked how Zach did in the matchup last year, and he wanted to give him a shot this year. So I don't know if that is an indication of him basically saying I just like the matchup this time. Yeah, I mean that's that. I think and le- I, I think based on previous games, mm-hmm. that is kind of the take you have to come away from that with. Yeah, like Iowa State play like they have two different centers that share their minutes. They're both like six ten, around two hundred fifty pounds. I kind of feel like next game it's going to be Zuby the first big off the bench. Yeah. Also, what about uh, Ernest Uday? Where's he at? I completely buried him and MJ a- Rice. Question about uh, from going back to our Kia mailbag. Is he still on the team? <laughs> Who is less on the team? <laughs> Who's less on the team? Mm-hmm. Me or Ernest? Mm. I don't know. Who? Okay, wait. <laughs> Here's a fun one. Who plays more minutes the rest of January? MJ Rice or Ernest Uday? It's got to be MJ. But also, he can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy. 
I guess I don't MJ's know. played, I think, two minutes the last two games total, but that's more than Ernest has Well, played. but, you know, supposedly he had back spasms in pregame of West Virginia. So that, that's why he didn't play. But, yeah, he didn't, he didn't come in against Oklahoma. So I don't know. Yeah, that's that's just not really working. Uh, the thing that stinks about Uday is I, I, do I, think, I do think, well, both of them. What? I think both have very high ceilings. Yeah. Um, do you think MJ, we could have a MJ Remy situation? To a certain extent. MJ is stealing, he has injuries, he's struggling, and then all of a sudden, wham, late February, early March, he just gets healthy and he just has an impact. I mean, I, I don't think it would be smart to just expect that every time it happens like that. Yeah. No, I agree. That's more the uh, exception to the rule, but we yeah. have seen it a couple times. We saw Malik Newman, Now Malik Newman was still like a starter, but then he like hit, kicked overdrive in March, and then yeah. obviously with Remy Martin. Um, no, I, I don't really expect that. I, it's just like with, with Remy, like you knew that once he got healthy, he was yes, he could play. be good because you had seen the track record of his yeah, college yeah, yeah, play. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And it was more of a question of like, is his style of play going to mesh with Bill Self? And, and maybe there was some headbutting at first, but figured it out. With, with MJ, yes, we know the high school pedigree is there, but that doesn't always translate to the college game. True. So I, kind of out on it working this year. But I'm optimistic that it can. Does that make sense? Like, I'm, I'm sure. not expecting it, but if it does, great. And I, I yeah. still think MJ and Ernest are going to be really good players at some point in their career. I just, I don't know if it'll be this year. Which is fine. I mean, sometimes we, we speed up the process too quick yeah. with freshmen. Well, and think about it. I mean, I think Bill Self, based on his track record, you have to believe he's one of the best, if not the best, coach at developing young players, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe... and. You know, when when you see a, high, a McDonald's All-American, you just assume, okay, this guy's going to play and he's going to be good. Well, maybe it takes a couple years. Yep. No, we've we've seen know? it before. I mean, that, David McCormick, perfect example. McDonald's All-American. Took some time to develop. Yep. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to take a timeout. Florida Man Mad Libs, next. This is a Rock Chalk Sports Talk News Alert. Office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on it. Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one. So if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call. Our headline experts have you covered. 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a Naples home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Mad Libs with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. All right. Love the new open. It's like we uh, just moved into a new house. A little fancier <laughs> now with uh, this edition of Florida Man Mad Libs. The best so. new segment you'll find <laughs> anywhere. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We welcome <coughs> in Sam Speck to the KLWN studio. Thank you very much, gentlemen, and I am happy to be back, Derek, with a nice commanding, uh, not commanding, actually, in terms of aggregate points, you are only about two points above, however, with a, now a little bit of a lead in terms of wins versus losses. So, yeah, so we, we tied last week. That's cause, right. Because Nick okay. hit the, yeah. the big one at the end, right? Oh, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that does still keep so you guys think, one point to win. Yeah, so I, I have two wins, Nick has one, and then we have two ties, That's and I correct. have a one-point total advantage. Wow. Aggregate okay, in so terms this of, is really uh, tight. Of points. Yeah. So we are tight as of right now within this new year, and it is time for you guys to separate yourselves. It's time to go crazy here 
Uh, last week, we were a little bit crazy. Let's go. But I'm glad to be back. First round is one redacted word. And then, of course, it is the value of one point as we go. So we really encourage all of you at home to maybe be a part of our Florida Man Mad Libs. So let's start with this again. We've got Derek. We've got Nick. We've got you at home. Here we go. Florida Man was busted after tantrum about a blank. So... This is a huge. I feel like a Florida man could have a tantrum about literally, uh, just about literally it. anything. I always associate the word tantrum though with children. That's but, but, but that's the, not a bad you, idea. Don't you think a Florida but man Florida could man. easily have a tantrum? Oh yeah, for sure. But like I don't know. I I just think of oh, like yeah, a four-year-old. Oh yeah, tantrum is a like, very childish Mom, word. Mom, can I buy this Snickers bar? Like no. No, it's a very childish word. Well, and I can't wait for and the kid just starts screaming. Uh, or actually, the only redacted word here in round number one. So, and I've got the full story for it, so you guys okay. can break it down. But here it is. Here's your three options. A Florida man was busted after throwing a tantrum about either a parking spot, his haircut, or bacon. <laughs> mm. Okay. Quite literally, just I, bacon. I don't or think his it's haircut a, or his parking. Spot. I don't think it's a parking spot because I'm trying to think of like what you would have to do to get busted slash arrested. Like right, like if somebody steals your parking spot and you just yell at them, that you're not that's you're not getting arrested for. But that, if he's throwing a tantrum, I think it's yeah, more than him that's just yelling. damage. That's that could. What be do you think he's whatever. doing? Like kicking the person's car? Yeah, what if he's like, yeah kicking the other person's car? He takes out a crowbar and he's like hitting the other car <laughs> that's in his parking spot. I don't know. I feel like. The haircut one, okay, sure. The bacon one, I'm envisioning the bacon one as being like at the supermarket and somebody like took the last thing of bacon that was there and this dude's like, give me the bacon. Like, dude, I'm about to throw down for this bacon. That's what I'm thinking for bacon. Those are my. Th so I don't think it's parking spot. So you got bacon, parking spot, or haircut. Nick, I'm going to solidify. I'm going to go with bacon. Oh, he's going with bacon. Go with bacon. Okay, so Nick's guys at the supermarket. Bacon. There's one piece of bacon left. And some old lady goes for it, and this dude is like, turns into the Hulk. And he's like, I want the bacon. <laughs> so Florida man busted after a tantrum about either. Nick said, bacon, parking spotter, haircut. Derek, where are you thinking? I wasn't going to go with bacon to begin with, so I'm, I'm kind of between a 50-50. I could see him getting upset about the haircut and, like, you know, just going yep. on a tirade of, like, you messed up my hair. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with parking spot, though. I, I think there's more there. Derek's okay. Go with parking spot here, and I do have the back end to it. So here's the full unredacted, and Nick coming away with a point. It was Florida Man. Let's go. Busted after a tantrum about bacon. It was at, uh, and to be honest, you could have guessed where it was. It was at a Waffle House. Oh. He was very displeased as to how his bacon was cooked. He was very intoxicated at the time, but uh, <laughs> he made a scene. About okay. his bacon. So I got the bacon right, but that's I was right. wrong about the story. Uh, but yeah, the the backstory. But the, that's the beauty about yeah. the first round. The first round, yeah, yeah, yeah. have two redacted words. Oh yeah, just has one. So, so I still get the point. Yeah, Nick coming away with a one point there. Florida man busted after a tantrum about his bacon. That sucks, Derek. <laughs> Setting up the comeback. So let's to get go his head this. early. Call me KU. Here we go. To get in his head. Second round, we've got three different headlines and. All three of those headlines have two different redacted words, which may be, again, potentially a three-point type of, uh, of play here. However, you can at least garner one point, as you have. So at home, we encourage you that you play along, but here for it, Derek and Nick, here is with the two redacted words. A Florida man catches charges for throwing blank at blank. 
So we'll start with the first redacted word, as we always do. A Florida man catches charges for throwing either rocks, pizza, or trash at blank. So all three of these are, uh, again, rocks are a little bit more intense, but all three yeah. of these are kind of more just out well, of the I don't, ordinary. I feel like it's not pizza because you'd have to, like, throw a lot of pizza <laughs> or something. <laughs> or, like, I don't know. What do you think? I don't think pizza would make I think it could sense. be. What if, what if the delivery driver came and ordered him the wrong pizza? And he was like, <laughs> and he just threw I asked him. for no olives. <laughs> he threw it back at him. And he just chucked all the pizza back yeah. at him. Hit his okay. car with it, caused damage. I don't know. That's a that's a good. I think a, it yeah. could be pizza. I I honestly, this is just going to be a thirty three percent guess because any of these could work for me. I no, that's fair. Trash, rocks, or pizza. Well, I was there's no context the here that man, makes it one or the other. Well, the Florida man catches chart like the term catches charges. I think is some kind of clue, but I just now don't you're really starting know what. to think like Derek. No, I just but don't really know. What. I don't know which of those words like, would go if, with well, I would, exactly. I was thinking like if if one of the officers was, was like fish, right, or if one of the officers was like a baseball, yeah, or like. A football, mm-hmm. then I'd be like, okay, that's probably right. But like, yeah, none of these options really necessarily clue you into that. I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with trash. Nick locking in with trash here could I'll be rocks, pizza. could be pizza. <laughs> Derek's gonna go with pizza. I don't think so. It's pizza. Again, Florida man catches charges for throwing blank could be pizza, rocks, or trash, as we had mentioned where they had designate, designated their were uh, their decisions at either. Legislators, high schoolers, or seniors. So, a Florida man catches charges for either throwing the three, either pizza, rocks, or trash, at seniors, legislators, or high schoolers. So, again, this is a legitimate headline. It's 100%. Actually, this happened in the last two weeks. So, this is actually a fairly current one. But a Florida man catches charges for either throwing blank, at blank. Just to be okay, clear, by, by seniors, I'm assuming it's old people, not high school 65, seniors. Yeah, because high schoolers school is another yeah, option. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I I don't think it's high schoolers. I don't either. I think it's either seniors or legislators. <laughs> First of all, Everybody's what kind of sick nowadays, person right? has to yeah. throw trash at, at, at old people? <laughs> like, that's just messed up. What are we doing? Welcome to Florida. Literally, <laughs> what are we doing? No, that, that would be a... I mean... That's where everybody retires in Florida. So if this is trash at old people, that person got the death penalty. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's uh, legislators. I, I was going to do legislators. I'm going to well. go with legislators. I feel worse like, about my pizza one. The Florida, think about it. Florida legislators get together. They're going to introduce some ridiculous law that, like, you can't ride alligators naked or something or something stupid. And this guy's mad about it. And he rolls up to their legislative session and just starts throwing throwing trash at him or throwing yeah, whatever. He's like, this is what I think you are. Exa- yes, yeah. exactly. I'm going to go with legislators. I think Nick has the perfect answer. I'll go legislatures. Okay, so we're going both with legislators, and both of you are wrong on that second redacted word. Oh, I'll tell you what. Here's, here's the full one. It okay. was seniors, Nick, but here's okay. the full one. Florida man catches charges for throwing a pizza at seniors. So <laughs> somehow... Derek comes away with one point with this. I what? Am, again, that's why I put legislators there. The House tries Dude, to, uh, to pizza to for the win. I'm telling crap, you. Man. I, I want to know why. Why? What made him go? Maybe you know, he all was the things I'm going to okay. throw. And, and why maybe, did seniors? He maybe he two was. By the way, so he caught two go. felonies. Maybe he of was using... the delivery driver, and he didn't want to get out of his car, so he just like stood in the yard and just. Gah! I'm actually googling this story. He did catch I, so I uh, throwing here. pizza at seniors. 
or old huh. or uh, however you want to word it. Or elderly Why people or anything like that. Yeah. I, well, I what's a uh, Florida man catches charges for throwing pizza at elderly folks or whichever I tried to Oh, make you'll it. never believe it. This guy has a face tattoo. <laughs> with... <laughs> I love it. Did you find it? I found this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he got into a verbal argument with a woman. The argument started because she asked him to lower his voice because he was being obnoxious from drinking and taking Xanax. Oh. After the argument started to escalate, a third person intervened. His next move was to grab several items from the freezer and threw them at people in the home. He grabbed a piece of pizza and chucked it at the person trying to maintain So pizza. it didn't wow. have anything to do with a, a delivery guy. It was no, just no. quite literally a pizza. It was a DiGiorno. That's just, that's just, just what had, happened just to had me. Some <laughs> a pizza at an elderly <laughs> <laughs> person. It's not oh my delivery. God. It's an assault. <laughs> <laughs> it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno or assault, it's, baby. It's oh, jail. Right. Gosh. It's jail. All right. Let's get to this. Derek with two points now through the first two. Nick, I can't believe I got Man. I feel like oh, I got robbed. One to one, baby. All right, let's get to th- number three here. Florida man wearing nothing but a blank attacks a woman with a blank. Okay. So <laughs> we'll get to the second redacted word and as to the tool that he used to maybe attack or whatever. But a Florida man was wearing nothing but a thong, <laughs> an American flag, or a cowboy hat oh. as he attacks the woman with a blank. Wow, these so are all we'll three great answers. answers. Oh, Florida okay. man up the... Uh, I mean, it, this is Florida man spelled okay, out. I, I feel like it's not cowboy hat. No, this would be Texas man. Yeah, if it yeah. was Texas man, I would maybe consider... I don't think it's cowboy hat. American flag is a very intriguing mm-hmm. answer. And obviously just the classic thong, right? Like, <laughs> you just classic. can't like you just can't go wrong, man. Well, it's Florida, so like he exactly. could be at he the could beach. could be at the beach. You know, it's a banana hammock. You know. Exactly. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out in what context he would just... Have an American, he would just be wearing only an American flag, right? Like, unless, like, unless it's like an American flag, like swim trunks. Or See, yeah, but, but I, that's, that's the thing. I also wonder if Maybe it was wrapped it around. How or, I'm thinking about it is it's like the, the Speedo thong, but I feel like they would say bathing suit or I don't know, yeah, Speedo, I kinda, something like yeah, that. I kinda I'm gonna agree. go American flag. You think it's American flag? That's what I'm gonna do. So, Derek is seemingly locked in. I don't with think American it's American flag. flag. So and other than that, whether or not it's thong. you guys at home again, Florida man wearing nothing but either American flag, thong, or a oh, cowboy. I'm gonna hat. roll the dice. I'm gonna go with cowboy hat. Ooh, Ooh. Nick going with cowboy hat. Okay, so we'll get back to that first redacted <laughs> word here in just a moment. Florida man wearing nothing but either a cowboy hat, thong, or American flag attacks a woman. By the way, she's fine. Everything's good. It was just. Nick, I, I did I, I do all of these things to where it oh, okay, isn't yeah. a, a violent. So we don't have ending. any, yes, you know, exactly. any morbid. It's not a violent stories. ending to all of these stories. However, the word attack was used okay. within the headline, yep. so that's what yep. it goes with. But uh, while he was wearing either of those, attacks a woman with a uh, baseball bat, a machete, or a cash register. So, again, this one is going to be all over the place here. And for you at home, I really okay. suggest that you play along with us. Okay, but, again, what is he attacking them with? Machete, baseball bat, or a register? Okay, cash because register. I picked cowboy hat, I feel like it's not cash register because that implies that he's, like, at a store. And if he's only wearing a cowboy hat, I don't think they would let him in. I don't think he'd even get in the store. No shirts, no shoes, no service, That's right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Or no underwear in this case. Not no nothing. Well, so Derek, like what's, not, what's your thoughts here? I feel like it's not cash register. I, I I don't think it's machete because that would have like That's probably like really you aggressive. Said, you said no, this isn't like too grim. Yeah, machete's like uh, like the guy dies. I, I mean, that's know. like really. Aggressive. I guess it's possible he could have just missed. And then him you one. know, baseball bat. 
I, I, cash register is so obscure. That's so ridiculous. I, I have to choose that one. I absolutely have to. I don't know how. Derek's going to go with the Florida man kind of uh, almost stereotype here. Go yep. with the craziest mm -hmm. type of ending. Yep. So are you locking in cash yes, register? Yes, I am. So either that could be That could be right. I just, I don't think register. that I can pick cash register because I picked cowboy hat in the first minute. So I'm going to go with baseball bat because kind of like what Derek said. I, I, I mean, a machete is like. I mean, you're taking it to another <laughs> level. Of, you're taking it to another level of, of violence with a machete. All right, everybody at home, here it is with the two clearly unredacted words of this, and this is 100% a headline that you can find. A Florida man wearing nothing but a cowboy hat. Ah, that a boy Nick so goes away with one point. Cowboy hat attacks a woman with a machete. So oh, both of oh, were incorrect on that. Uh, again, the word attack. Does not necessarily mean injured. Does not necessarily mean yeah. So maybe he just like chased her or something. Whatever. I have no idea. I mean, that's like sort of a horror movie. It's just a man wearing only a cowboy hat chasing after you with a machete. So there it is. Two to one now is our score, and we go into the final round, round number four here. Florida man used blank to attempt to a poison neighbor's blanks. So the second one is more of like a. Of, uh, let me just say an animal, or not an animal, or at least a possession, or at least something within your own home. So yeah. it's plural. There are a couple of things because one of the other options is kids. So that's not a, that's not an animal. But Florida man used blank to attempt to poison neighborhoods. Blanks. We'll start with the first one. Florida man used either candy, poison candy. Again, you have to think about what's later. Poison. In. Yeah. Yeah. Candy. Antifreeze or bleach to attempt to poison neighborhoods blank. And we'll get to the second redacted word here in just a moment. This one is rather nefarious. And again, I did do a double check. Nothing happened afterward. Nothing. Nobody actually, got poisoned. Nobody, nobody got injured. Okay. Nobody got hurt. My immediate like thought that, is it's candy for children. Or Halloween yeah, or whatever it may be. He did yeah. suggest that. But it could be any of the other options. Could of course. Be bleach. Could be antifreeze. I feel like and again, the second one, we'll get to the second redacted word. You don't know what it is. However, I did give you one clue because of how I mis-explained the way that the second <laughs> was going to be. So, yes, kids is going to be in the second one, but there are I a think couple it, of other options that might make more sense. I, I, don't, mind. I don't think it's antifreeze. I think it's either bleach or candy. But I'm not sure. Mm. So, bleach, candy, antifreeze, I, that's what they use to I'm going to go poison. with bleach. Okay. Because I don't know if candy is like a bait for us. I'm gonna pick bleach. It's in that's it like it's in all the news headlines nowadays. They laced their candy with this. They did oh, all true, this yeah. candy with this. I just they don't know what that. he would have. Like, you don't know what we would have poisoned with bleach. It's what do you pretty, mean? Pretty like, deadly. <laughs> is he giving out like spoonfuls of bleach to people walking? But you know what I mean. Like how well, no, he, he could. He could easily put bleach in, like, the water. You guys are really like, taking this kid's hint to the next level. So you need to realize. Yeah, he could have. I mean, I mean, it could have been, he could have been trying to. Else but he could have been trying to, to poison, poison. Like, maybe the dog wouldn't stop barking. So he put bleach in the dog's water. Uh, whatever. I'm doing bleach. Okay. So Derek <laughs> is locking in at bleach along with, Der uh, along with <laughs> Nick. So, again, Florida man used either antifreeze, bleach, or candy to attempt to poison a neighborhood's uh, her, or excuse me, not her neighborhood. Her neighbor's bird bath, her neighbor's cats, or her neighbor's kids, as I had mentioned. 
So, see, you just where pour, do you, you pour go bleach. with this? You pour bleach in the bird bath. Now I'm thinking it's antifreeze. You pour bleach in the in the uh, whatever the other option was. The cats. Yeah, for cats or for you birds get a crazy, or you anything get a dude, like that. You're, you get you're a crazy annoyed. cat lady as your neighbor, and she's got cats running everywhere, and you're like, dude, screw these cats. <laughs> well, first of all, I love cats, so I would never do that. But that could be. Nick seems pretty solidified on that uh, cat option, though. So what are you? No, going, I think, are you on cats or what? No, are you doing? I actually think I'm gonna go with bird bath. Oh, he's going with the bird bath. Okay. So that was going to be my answer. But the thing is, it's like, do birds drink from the bird bath? Yeah. Because I don't know how else they would get poisoned by the bleach. Yeah. They, they, I mean, it's not. I guess the bleach would really, like, mess up their feathers and stuff, I'm sure. They more just visit the bird bath, get rinsed. They, again, it's a bath, so they kind of rinse themselves off. It's not necessarily a hydration station, but at the same time, I'm sure they can get some water there. Yeah. I, I'm kind of wondering if it's antifreeze now in one of those, because that could make a little sense. Um, I was going to go bird bath because I was thinking the same thing, but I'm down a point. I have to do something different. You're up the same a point, first actually. Wait, no, how is the up a no, point? No, Nick's up a point. I should be up a point. Yeah. Because I got the first round. I have one. You got the first and then one in the, the third round. I got one in the second. All right. So all right. Ignore me. Ignore um, me then. Yeah. No, no. So yeah, I have to do something different. You're very right. You're very right. Sam is a cat guy. I've seen this story and it popped up on his eye a little more because of the cats part of it. So I'm going to go cats. That's true. Sam does have cats. Mm-hmm. So he might have he might have a personal interest yeah, in the story. Exactly. Indeed. So here is the full unredacted from the headline today. From you at home trying to keep along with us. Florida man used antifreeze. Yeah. It was. It was antifreeze. You guys were man. correct on that. So he used antifreeze in an attempt to poison the neighbor. Uh, neighbors, excuse me, plural down neighbor's cats so uh, beautiful another tie. coming away Man, another tie another tie and you came away with another tie here however <laughs> it does keep you one point up in aggregate points oh, Dude, we're like the colts and the texans and we suck but we keep time <laughs> not only that but it, even in season number one to where it was almost a storybook written kind of ending to where we had yeah. just a couple of points to finish. And it looks yeah. like season two might be that way to where Nick, again, buddy, hit the weight right room, there. man. We're right there. You got to hit the weight room. We're right you got to get them points back. But again, we're gonna, thank we're gonna, you so gonna, much. I'm going to call uh, Kirby Smart. He's going to give me a half. He's going to give me a pregame speech for the next game. Take some. going to tell some, me that uh, we're, we're supposed to go seven and five. Go home. Talk with Mike Leach from from the from the overboards. Just know where that's going to come and hit you. Uh, Lance Leipold, he's bringing in a new attitude towards <coughs> the town. We're bringing oh, in a yeah. whole bunch of stuff, so you can take a bunch of uh, that will uh, be good. of attitudes to it. But then, thanks again for you guys getting, uh, you know, including me in your fun. Of course, we got Florida Man Mad Libs and Nick. I'll tell you what, that is one heck of an opening. I like that nowadays. But we'll be back Pretty next good. Wednesday. Derek, congratulations, buddy. See you. Thank then. Thank you. Earned the tie. Come back, baby. He's Nick Springer. I'm Dude, Derek Johnson. You, you, you're not celebrating With a Sam tie, Speck. Yes, I am. You're not legitimately celebrating When you're a tie. down to a point where your no. only option no. is tie no. or no. lose, you celebrate. I don't care. It. No. No. Should the Lions celebrate against the Packers? Didn't make to put them in the playoffs. But they, they didn't tie. They yeah, won. It's basically the same thing. They didn't tie. It didn't they actually, move them any They further. literally won. No. He is Nick Springer. He's allergic to ties. I like I hate today. ties. This is RCST on KLWN. I like ties, but not ties. Depend on it.